Let's all join together and pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. So the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I got to wonder if you had the same reaction as I had when you first heard it today. Didn't it just make you stop and think about how surprising a statement like this could be for Job? You'd expect when people go through the worst experience possible in their life, when they lose possessions or people they love, the first words that come out of their mouth might not be appropriate for kids to hear. They might turn a little bit more to mumbling words or just kind of nothingness coming out because they're in a state of shock. It might actually take a while for words to even come out of anybody's mouth after experience something like that. And Job, after experiencing the worst things he can experience in life four times in a row, he comes out and he says some of the deepest, most insightful words that you are going to find in any part of the Bible, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, may the name of the Lord be praised. Losing something, more than that, losing someone that you love, that hurts. If you haven't yet, because we live in this in messed up world, you're going to experience this personally. And if you have, you know, loss hurts. And the emotional and mental pain that loss brings is going to challenge you like nothing else in your life ever has challenged you. If you are someone who's here today and you're connected with God, it can easily send you down the path that Job got sent down to. What we do is we wrestle between the reality and pain of loss that hurts, and it hurts hard, with a God who is supposed to be good and gracious and giving and all-powerful. The Bible gives us uh, answers to some of life's biggest questions, and today we get a really, really good question. We're going to look at the problem of suffering, of loss. And kind of like how I started worship, if after this sermon and this part of God's word today, if you come away with more questions than answers, I think you know you're going to be on the path that God was sending Job down, that God sends all of us down when we go through loss. Because you see, Job's life wasn't just good before this. Job's life was great. Job was rich on a different level of rich. Job probably got like thousands of work animals working all these different fields and teams of workers with his work animals. Like he's got an empire going on. Job's got a full family with 10 kids. 
And it's not just Job that has the wealth. This is generational wealth that has trickled down to the kids where now all of them kind of have places to be and they get together for parties together and, and they've got family time together. And before this in chapter 1, the Bible describes Job as the greatest man in the East, which is like at least half of the earth going on. Job is the greatest, the richest, the best out of all people. That's Job. That's his life. And then you get to this day that we heard about when a messenger runs up unexpectedly out of nowhere and tells Job that all of the plowing animals, all the ones that are working out in the fields, all of them are gone. A raiding party came in and stole them. And all those workers that Job probably knew, all those people that you love, they're dead. And he was the only one to make it out and escape. While he is literally still talking and telling this story of awful loss, another messenger wanders up. And he starts telling the story about how fire fell from heaven and burned up the sheep that Job had and the shepherds that were watching over the sheep and how nobody made it out of this fire from heaven except for that one messenger who's standing before him He's the only one who made it out, and now I'm guessing that messenger is in shock from what he saw. And then while he's still speaking, then a third messenger came and told Job how the camels are gone. And all the workers that were with the camels, all those people, all of them are dead too. And by now I think you feel the pattern of what's going on. Now this is the only messenger who's left. Everybody else is gone. He's the only one. And while he's still telling the story, then the worst thing happens. The fourth messenger comes up. And he tells that Job's ten kids who had been partying together, the ones that he loved, the ones that he had raised, the ones who had lived life with him till they were adults, they were all together in the house. Then a freak wind came out of nowhere and tore the house down and killed his family. And the messenger, of course, is the only one who's left now. All it took was one day and four people back to back to back to back for Job to have to start a completely new chapter of his life. Now, instead of being the richest of the rich, now Job has to personally try to understand how challenging it is to deal with loss. I mean, what do you even say at this point if you're Job? After just a few minutes of life and the worst possible news keeps coming and you find out four times in a row, I mean, how does anybody deal with loss? Probably not neat and orderly. Probably it looks a lot like this chaotic and awful mess that comes out and starts being who you are. The explosions, maybe you get outside your character. Trauma and loss in your life is going to change you. And oftentimes it comes out not for the better. And it's loss like this that you and I experience in our lives that does send you down the wrong path, back to the substance abuse that you don't want to be doing. It's lost like this that explodes out of you and at your family and the people that you love. 
it's lost that kind of grows not questions but absolute doubt inside of you that God is good anymore. It's lost like this that pushes out any room that you had before for grace and giving and helping other people. It's lost like this that turns you completely away from organized religion and any opportunity for God to be in your life. Because if God is good, how could he allow this? Our answer to the problem of suffering in our own lives can easily lead us down the path that is going to take us to a place of more pain and more suffering and maybe even to the darkest of dark places where we don't even want to be around anymore. Let's be honest, the problem of suffering, even for us, is a problem. And we got to clarify here, Job, it's really cool, it's great what he says, right? But Job is not the hero of this story. At this point, Job is doing pretty well. He doesn't sin in what he's saying and thinking, and he hasn't gone down the wrong path, but read through the rest of the book. He will. Once he's had enough time and his awful friends weirdly send him further that way, he explodes at God and he questions God and he challenges God for all of what God is doing and that God allows this. And later on we find out that yes, Job is just like you and me. When you have to face loss and you lose something and someone that you love because we're messed up sinners, it's going to be a problem. So it's not Job's way of dealing with this where you are going to find the solution or the answer. It's simply in his words and where they're going to point you. Because what does Job say? The Lord gave. Job's words point us back to the Lord. And it, you can't see it up there, but uh, the translation that we had, I think it's it a little bit wrong because it's not lowercase l-o-r-d. This is Lord capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's this really, really awesome name that God gives in the Bible that highlights who he is and what he does. And whenever you're reading through the Bible and you see that capital L-O-R-D, that's God reminding you that he is the God of free and faithful love. That he's the God who makes promises and who keeps every single one of them. That he is God and nothing else is going to come close to what he can do for you. His words simply point us back to the Lord. And maybe even more simple than that, his words point us back to the truth that God is still there. Even in loss, he's not dead, he's not gone, he's not ignorant, he's not plugging his ears. God is there. He always has. He always will be. Job's words remind us that God is still over all of this. We, the readers, get the rest of chapter 1 where we find out that God is actually the one who has allowed all of this to happen to Job, that God was in control, and it was his decision to allow the pain. It's not randomness. It's not evil. 
with God. And when you go back and read the rest of the chapter, you're going to find out that God only allowed loss and pain and suffering up to a point for Job because he is the Lord who has the power to give and to take away, and he sets the boundaries of what's going on. More than anything, Job's words were a comfort back to him because he was telling himself that the Lord was still with him. That this loss had not pushed the Lord out of his life. God was there. God was going to be his constant. Loss cannot change God's presence. Just being there. Presence matters in our lives. In hospitals, whenever people are facing surgeries with kind of an unknown outcome at the end, it happens in chemo wards as people poison their bodies trying to hopefully attack some of the cancer cells. You can find it in nursing homes and hospice care with people that look like maybe they're coming closer to the end of their lives. And now it's even at colleges and probably high schools too when exams are happening and high stress times are going on. Their presence does something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Dogs. It's crazy what the presence of dogs can do. Just simply being in the same room and walking from patient to patient, dogs have this incredible superpower to bring comfort and peace and joy and even lower heart rate with just petting for a couple minutes. Their presence changes life. Now, even if you're not a pet person here this morning, look it up on YouTube after this, and you will see countless examples of dogs and their presence and how it changes life for people. If they're around, it helps. Now, if that's the ability that God gave one of his created creatures, how much more can God's presence do for us when we go through loss. God being with you matters. God's presence, his promise to be with you in the loss, it's one of the answers to the question to the problem of suffering. It's the answer that you're going to find at the end of Job's path. With God there, you can be okay. And here's the great news. God's presence is here for you. God just being God. God revealing himself to you when you're reading the Bible. God bringing you here for your baptism where he washes you and forgives you. God giving you his body and his blood and he says this is for you for forgiveness. This is God's answer to the problem of suffering. It's him promising to be here you it's his forgiveness here with you it's his love here for you it's his perfect plan for you in Jesus that is an absolute done deal finished and complete it's why you can know that even in the worst loss that you're going to experience in your life God is here God is still over it God's going to be on your side even then whenever God allows the loss to happen He's trying to point you back here. 
I want you to picture uh, two people right now, a conversation happening between two people, a couple dialogue things. Here's person number one. Here's what they say. So what are we eating for supper tonight? Person number two answers. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be pretty nice. It's going to be about 60, partly sunny. Not bad. Okay, person number one. What'd you eat for Thanksgiving? Person number two. I listen to the best podcast you could ever hear. You need to listen to this podcast today. Person number one. Do you even hear what I'm saying anymore? Person number two. Sure, I'll eat Chinese food tonight. That's good. Let's do that. Asking a question and not getting back the response that you want to get back in our communication is frustrating. It is hard saying these words, and it just is awkward and weird, and it was tough writing these things down because this doesn't feel right. When you ask a question, you want a genuine and good answer coming back to answer it. You want to know how things are going to work out. I think we would like the problem of suffering and the answer to the problem of suffering to look a lot like this. I see this a lot in our neighborhood because I think there's a lot of people that end up moving around from place to place and they get really good at packing storage and they get really good at putting it away and it's beautiful and it looks awesome. And I think this is the kind of answer that we want coming from God when we face loss. We want it to be neat and orderly and to fit just right because aesthetically, we look at this and we think this looks good. Where the reality might be for you as you go through loss, I think it might look a little bit more like this. A mess. And you're not even sure what's what, and you're not even sure where it goes, and it doesn't really look like there's an answer to anything, and, and it's really tough being okay with this. And in some ways, I think this is where God leaves us with Job. I think this is partly how God answers the question to the problem of suffering. And really, you've got to read the rest of the book of Job to see for yourself if you can come up with some other answers that are neat and orderly and put away. But I think here's where God wants to send us when we go through loss because it's going to end with this. The Lord gave. And the Lord is taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I know that's not the answer you're looking for. I know that's not the neat and orderly thing. But I know that's the place where you need to be. Because I know what a response like that does. It points us back to our God and what he's done for us in Jesus. And almost as good for us when we go through loss it's a sign to other people who aren't connected to Jesus yet, too, who haven't found the answers that satisfy their hearts when they go through loss, who don't know yet that God is good. When we thank God and praise him even in loss, points us and all people here. And when we're connected to him and his forgiveness, we give thanks, and that's going to be good enough. Amen.